Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. Welcome to Sunday Podcast. This is our chance to play for you some of the best moments from the radio show and some great interviews during the week that you may have missed. If you ever want to check out our show, go to Bongino.com. Go to Station Finder and see what radio station we're on near you. You'll love it. I promise you. We put a lot of work into the radio show. Check it out. But before that, let me tell you about our first sponsor. Last month, the G20 announced a plan to impose digital currencies and digital IDs on their population. Central bank digital currencies essentially could allow the government to track every purchase someone makes. Some believe it could even prohibit someone from purchasing certain products or freeze or seize part of all their money. Been warned about this forever. Concerned Americans are diversifying their assets into physical gold with the help of Birch Gold Group. If you want physical gold held in a tax-sheltered retirement account, call Birch Gold. I buy gold through Birch Gold. Why? Because I trust them. I've used them twice. Get a free information kit on gold IRAs by texting the word DAN to 989898. Listen, if you have an IRA or 401k from a previous employer, Birch Gold can help you convert it to an IRA in gold. And you don't pay a penny out of pocket. Again, text DAN to the number 989898. Claim your free information kit from Birch Gold. Because if digital currency becomes a reality, it'll be nice to have some gold to fall back on. Performance may vary. Consult with your tax attorney or financial professional before making an investment decision. Message and data rates apply. First up today, we talk with Nick Searcy. He's a pretty famous actor. You probably know him from a lot of those famous shows and movies out there. Do you know he was in Moneyball, by the way? One of my favorite movies. And Days of Thunder, too. We talked to him about his acting career and Hollywood's aversion to conservatives and about his role in our new movie, Police State, which is tearing it up in theaters. Check this out. Man, I'm like extra super stoked about talking to this uh, next guest. Super stoked. Sound like I smoke weed or something. Bro, I'm like super stoked. I don't. I'm not a drug guy. Drug's not my bag of donuts. Maybe a little tequila or some vino tinto once in a while, but the Drugos, no good. Don't do them. This is your brain on. Remember that? Growing up with little egg stuff. But I'm really excited about this guest because I've grown up watching him in movies and on TV. Uh, a very, very famous actor. And before you, oh my gosh, actor. Yes, he's actually a conservative, which is so crazy in the acting space. Welcming to the show, the great Nick Searcy. Nick, thank you so much for spending some time with us. We really appreciate it. Dan, great to be here. Uh, looking forward to meeting you in person this, this weekend. Oh, me too. It's going to be great. Now, you have... Uh, You've had a long, and I mean really long, career in Hollywood. You've been in so many movies that when I first heard about you, I looked you up. I couldn't believe it. You've been in two of my favorite movies. Um, yeah. Days of Thunder, which I love. People crapped on Days of Thunder. I love Days of Thunder. Anytime it's on TV, I watch it all the time. My father used to race cars for a, for a living. He did figure eight. And Moneyball, oh, wow. which we cite on the show all the time. So you've yeah. been around a really long time. Nobody knows Hollywood better than you. Uh, what's, why do you think it is that 80-plus percent of them, at least openly, are such diehard liberals given that they make a lot of money, are affected by tax policy, and the Democrats largely hurt the cities they live in, like the West Coast and East Coast? I think the reasons are fairly complex. I mean, I get asked that all the time. It, it, it is hard to understand. I think a lot of it is groupthink. I mean, I think a lot of it is like it's so hard to get a job as an actor that, you know, you, you want to erase all the factors that might disqualify you. <laughs> and if your politics might disqualify you, then you just sort of adopt, you know, a lot of them just sort of adopt right politics because they know it would hurt them. 
um, yeah. you know, to, to come out as a conservative. And it's also the nature of being an actor. You're, you're basically an empath. You know, all, a lot of times you're trying to imagine what another person feels. And that's not necessarily translate into analytical thought, if you know what I mean. So yeah. we've got a lot of yeah. feeling, you know, feelings uh, directed people out in Hollywood. We're talking to Nick Searcy, award-winning actor, just a tremendous guy, and he, he loves his country, folks. I mean, really, really loves his country. Uh, yeah. Nick, you you were Justified was obviously a huge moment for you. You were, I mean, people love yeah. the show. It's going to live on in syndication forever. Uh, you you were, I mean, you've been a household name for a long time because of that. Do you, I spoke to John Rich about the country music scene about this too, what you just said, that he said yeah. the same thing. It's hard to break through in the music industry just like it is Hollywood. But he said guys yeah. like him and guys like you that have a body of work, you guys have the luxury of being able to speak out and kind of lend your voice to others who are probably quiet. So my question to you before we get to the movie is, is there a quiet bubble of Hollywood people out there who are in fact conservative and unlike you are just kind of afraid to speak out about it? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's an awful lot of people who's – if you do, if you didn't know their name, you would know their face. Who kind of come up to me all the time. You know, I work with them here and there, and they're like, "Boy, I really agree with you." But if I really came out like you did, I know it would. Uh, I would never work again, and I've got four kids and all that. You know, so, and I, you know, in a way, I don't blame them. It's not like they. These people are not like vocal on the other side. They're uh, they're kind of what my friend Adam Baldwin calls non-combatants. They're, they're on our right, side, right. but they're not really going to take up arms with us. Right. They're like those, those people in the video game. You can't actually play the character. They're just there in the background. Right. I totally get it. NPCs. We're talking yeah, to, they're NPCs. Yeah, the NPCs. <laughs> right, right. We're talking to Nick Searcy. So, Nick, when Dinesh D'Souza initially, initially called me and he said, Dan, I'm really thinking about doing this project about this metastasizing cancerous police state going after Donald Trump, going after Tea Party groups. I said, yeah. Dinesh, I'm in. Just, I, just You got to tell me who's associated with the project. And he said, well, Nick Searcy's guy. I said, that's it. I'm good. Like, I'm in. I didn't need to hear anything else. I, I'm dead serious. Oh. Like, he'll tell you. I was like, I yeah. love Nick. If it's you and Dinesh, like a soul, don't even worry about it. You're in the movie, Police State. They were, I went and saw it in a theater in Stewart, Florida on Monday with a group of people. It's the first time, Nick, I've seen yeah. the movie with the computer effects and the sound. The dialogue, obviously right. I saw the dialogue, but the sound. And I think you being a Hollywood guy, you'll understand this more than the audience or even me. When I saw the screener without the music beds and without the effects, I still love the movie, but you don't realize how much the music and the effects and the, and the credits and stuff add to the theatrical experience because I, I got choked up as if I'd never seen the movie before in my life when I saw it in the theater. Yeah, I, I was moved a couple of times myself, and uh, yeah, I mean, when you get it all put together like that, it, it really is, uh, it's, a, it's a really well done production. I mean, the, the, the graphics, the music, every aspect of, of Police State is really, really well done, and uh, you know, when, when, when Dinesh called me to do it, he said, you know, we're going to do some reenactments, and uh, you know, we, we'd really like for you to play the lead FBI guy. And I said two things. I said, "Well, that'll be fun. I've played Democrats before," and uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, 
And uh, the other thing I said was, yeah, I think this will get me a lot of work in Hollywood. So, yeah, I'm in. So, <laughs> Nick, you're amazing. You actually steal the show in the movie, which I'm slightly angry about because I told my dad to go see the movie and he didn't mention my part in it at all. He only mentioned you. He's like, man, oh, well, the justified guy, Nick, is it? I said, yes, dad. I know. I know. And he said, he's so great as the FBI guy. But one of the things about the movie is you play the lead FBI. It's kind of a docudrama. It's a lot of documentary footage and obviously uh, interviews and stuff. And the movie's been just blowing people away. The reviews have been yeah. incredible. But I, I this, did, did you do a lot of character homework with FBI guys? And the reason I ask is I've been a law enforcement guy my whole life. And there's little moments in the movie that if you're not in law enforcement, I don't think people will catch. Like my wife missed it. There's one scene where you're talking to a junior FBI agent in the car and you, you call him an FNG, which is a right. law enforcement term for, let's just say, blanking new guy. And my wife had no idea what that meant. And I'm like, Nick must have heard that somewhere and done some character study. So did you talk to Kyle and these other guys, the FBI guys? Like, how'd you dig into that character? Oh, yeah. Well, Kyle, Kyle Serapin and Steve Friend were great uh, te technical advisors. They were with me, and they, they gave me a lot of those terms and a lot of that dialogue, really. They, they, they fed me that stuff. But, you know, for one thing, I've played a lot of law enforcement. That's, that's a lot of what I've done in my career. I mean, Justified was U.S. Marshals. Yeah. I've played cops. I mean, patrol, everything. Every, every law enforcement official, I don't think you can name one that I haven't played. Yeah. So I've been around it for a long time. And the other thing is that, you know, I, I was there on January 6th and I made a film about it, you know, and I've been interviewing people for two years. We're working on the sequel now. It's called Capital Punishment. The sequel, of course, is Capital Punishment 2. But I'm very familiar with what the FBI has been doing. I've interviewed a lot of people who've had their doors broken down and, and you know, the way they've been treated and talked to by these uh, FBI raids. And so... It was something that I was quite familiar with. And that, you know, when Dennis asked me to be part of it, I was like, absolutely. This is an issue I care deeply about, and I want to be a part of this. We're talking to Nick Searcy. He is the lead in our new film, Police State. It is out again tonight in theaters. It's been selling out across the country. The website is policestatefilm.net. It's the only place you can buy tickets. Nick, I think the, 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 you know, a good movie, again, this is your business, and if I'm wrong, cut me off at the knees, but I love movies, right. I love films, you know, and I, I think a good movie, even a mediocre movie is a good movie with a good beginning and a good end, but a great right. movie is a good middle, but a great beginning and a great end, and the one thing I'm hearing about this movie across the country, I think you're hearing too, is the beginning just grabs you. I mean, just right away rips you in. And the end scene, without giving it away, everybody's getting up in the theaters singing our national right. anthem. It's for a reason. The beginning and right. the end of this movie are just, I mean, they get the claws in it. It doesn't let go. Yeah, and, and it's terrifying. And the, the fact of the matter is, even though it's a reenactment, I mean, that is exactly what is happening to these people. You get people who went to Washington on January 6th who never went in the building never been arrested for anything before in their lives, and suddenly they're treated like they are cartel leaders or serial killers. When, you know, people like this, this is what you would expect, you know, a phone call to say, hey, we'd like to talk to you, instead of treating them like they're some dangerous criminal when they've actually never committed a violent act in their entire lives. Yeah. And then, you know, the ending is, is so moving to people because after you go through the movie, 
you realize what a shame it is that this is happening in this great country. And you remember what this country is supposed to be and how badly it's being defamed by the people in power now. Yeah, we're talking to Nick Searcy. He is the lead in the new film, Police State. Uh, it's filmed by Nick, Dinesh D'Souza, and me. Nick, I'll let you go. Last question, but this one, um, you know, I had a friend of mine. He's, he's a very close friend, and he's not particularly political. I mean, he knows about politics, but he's not, he doesn't do what, you know, what we do. Where we follow this stuff all right. the time. And he went and saw right. it only really because I was involved in it. And it really hit him. I mean, he said, I never really thought about that with January 6th, that these people like Joe Bolanos, who cries in the film, this older gentleman who had a stroke after they kicked in his mom's door and raided his house simply for having a video of the Stop the Steal rally on his phone. The guy had a stroke. His, his mother yeah. passed away. I mean, it's the saddest story. You will be in tears when you listen to him talk. And my friend said to me, you know, you're right, Dan. He goes, it happened to this guy, yet these Antifa people who showed up at the White House with BLM and made such chaos that Donald Trump had to be evacuated into the bunker, and then they laughed right. about it, and then they burned down American cities. He's like, why don't we see any of the video of those raids? He's like, I never really thought about that. And the answer is because they didn't happen. That's why. This is really hitting people who are on the fringes of politics, who are seeing for the first time that we are on the road to a police state. Yeah, well, that's a wonderful thing. I mean, that's a great story, Dan. I hope it happens for more people. I mean, a lot of times what happens with us is people on the other side won't listen. They can't listen to it because it might disrupt their worldview, and they are so invested in their own moral superiority that they can't possibly consider the fact that the FBI and the Department of Justice might be mistreating these people. And, you know, not only the man you mentioned in the film, but Jerry Pern, I heard, nephew Matthew Perna yeah. hung himself and I, I've talked to so many people who basically have had their lives destroyed you know husbands and wives been separated for two years with their her husband being in jail without bond and and this was a man who was a, was a police a deputy sheriff before he went in Colton Matthew I mean there's so many stories like this and I hope you're right I hope more people that don't pay attention to politics that often get to see this movie and get to realize that this is this is happening to a lot of people in this country and there's no reason that can't happen to them someday. Nick, we're talking to Nick Searcy. Nick, when your other project comes out, was it Capital Punishment 2? We'd love to have you back. You're always welcome on the show, of course. It's an open invite, but you did an amazing job in the movie. Uh, I mean, I, I've worked around FBI, IRS, TIGTA, you know, Secret Service my whole life, and you're as convincing as an FBI agent as I've ever seen, so you do a great job. The movie's Police State, folks, starring Nick Searcy. Don't miss it. It's out in theaters tonight, policestatefilm.net. Nick, thanks for your time. We appreciate it. Thank you, Dan. It's an honor to be part of it. It really is. Uh, yes, sir. Thank you, folks. Nick Searcy. I really urge you to see this movie. It's important. DVDs are available for pre-order now, policestatefilm.net. I really hope you check it out. You're going to like it. Up next, I had some serious thoughts about where we're headed as a country. But first, let me tell you about our next sponsor. Folks, listen, I'm not here to nag you about your diet, but here's the hard reality. As you get older, if you're not eating healthy, you're aging faster than everyone else. We're all going to die. We're all going to die. The thing is, you want to die later, and you don't want to be miserable your entire life. You know you want to die? At 100 years old, in your sleep, with a heart attack, with no diseases and no arthritis and nothing else. Well, I can't promise you that. But I can promise you one of the ways to better health 
is good nutrition. I take this twice a day, Field of Greens. I've been taking it for years. I love this stuff. This is the wild berry. I know the owners of the company well. It is the best fruit and vegetable product out there, hands down. There's not even a second best. I think you'll feel better with more energy, and I'll bet you notice your skin, hair, and nails will look healthier too. We all know healthy, wholesome fruits and vegetables, all here in this great tasting powder. We all know that's the secret to better health is a really, really good, high-quality diet. Eat right, exercise, take your Field of Greens. Join me. Take Field of Greens. I take two scoops a day. Let me get you started with 15% off your first order. Visit BrickHouseNutrition.com slash Dan and use promo code Dan. Start today. Don't wait. 15% off your first order. BrickHouseNutrition.com slash Dan. Promo code Dan. BrickHouseNutrition.com slash Dan. Go today. You'll thank me later. This op-ed piece in the Wall Street Journal made me think, are we on the right moral arc of history? I have a lot of questions about whether we are or we aren't. Please, take a minute and listen. You know, I think it's important we keep in mind that, you know, sometimes we, I think specifically us Americans, because we're so successful and prosperous, the most prosperous, successful, militarily powerful country in the history of the world. I mean, it's just a fact. And easily backed up fact by statistics, data, GDP, our nuclear payload, our ability to project force around the world. I think there's this idea we have, especially here, that there is this kind of arc to history and it all bends in a morally correct, ethically proper direction. And, you know, we're getting more civilized. It's kind of the M. Scott Peck, Road Less Traveled approach, where if you ever read that book in the 80s, it was a super popular book. I've read it a couple of times. One of my favorites. He's since passed. But he was uh, an expert on internal human conflict, a, a psychiatrist. And he, you know, in his book, he writes about how, you know, it's odd. Like is one of the reasons he talks about, you know, the divinity is how everything else in nature becomes more chaotic over time. I mean, you leave your bushes without cutting the hedges, they grow chaotic. You leave oil and water, it gets chaotic. You don't shake it and it, you know, it, 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 you know, it doesn't, uniform bubbles don't appear. Except human beings who become generally more organized and prosperous over time. But maybe that's an illusion. You know, I... I say that because during the break, you know, I like to read. I don't like wasting any time. And Jerry Baker has a piece up at the Wall Street Journal. It just popped 10 minutes ago. And he says in here, there's a the geopolitical version of Whiggish history. The idea that the world is evolving on some great hidden trajectory toward liberty, democracy, and enlightenment. Quotes Martin Luther King, the arc of the moral universe bends toward justice, as Martin Luther King put it. But Baker says, but what if it doesn't? Folks, I, I think that's a pretty valid question right now. You know, on one hand, you have kind of the, if you took a literature class in high school or college, you have the Swiss family Robinson theory, right? That men left to his devices over time, the moral arc of history leads towards right. We're all going to be like Swiss family Robinson. We'll get lost on island, but it'll be, it'll be a tree house and a, be a couple dramas here and there, but overall in the end, it'll be peace, love, and happiness, and we'll all get along well with each other. And But is that really how it is? 
What if it's more Lord of the Flies, Ralph and Piggy and stuff? Doesn't that seem more likely right now? I mean, how is it that we live in the year 2023, last time I checked? The world is connected at the snap of a finger. You can call someone in Djibouti, Africa, on a phone right now, no problem, and pay almost nothing for it, by the way. A, a trip that would have taken you, if you even made it, 200 years ago, probably more than a month, if you even would have lived through it or even known where Djibouti was. The whole world's interconnected. We're supposedly these civilized creatures now, and the big problem is misinformation or whatever. And yet, you know, 10th, 9th, 8th century savagery has just pre presented itself just a couple of weeks ago. And you got a bunch of people on college campuses and marching in the street in Liberal City celebrating it. Eyeball gouging, raping, hostage taking, stuff we thought the rules of war applied. I mean, even in war, we're civilized now, right? Are we? Are we civilized? You know, I, I say that because I'm a Christian. I, I wish I was a better one at times. But my faith is real, and it's what gives me so much moral consternation at times when I fall short. I mean, if you didn't have faith and you didn't care, you'd do what was right for you all the time. You even hurt someone else, right? Like, ah, who cares? There's no penalty for it. No, there will be a penalty for my sins. I understand that. It drives me crazy every day. But I think as a Christian, you want to believe like the world has kind of evolved since the time of Christ and BC before Christ as well. And we've all become more civilized, laser focused on things that really matter now. Diversity, equity, and inclusion, like the left tells us, right? We're not worried about starvation anymore. Biggest problem in the United States is obesity. But are we really all just a group of savages? As Havelock Ellis said, is Civilization just a thin crust on a volcano. Are we all just, are we all just you know, three or four missed meals away from Ralph and Piggy ourselves? And my dear listeners and friends, I've had a major transformation over the last three weeks about that. People I trusted who let me down people I really believed in who want total savage. And I got to tell you, very few the other way around. It happened. The few people who I had almost no relationship with and honestly didn't think much of, not because I was being just, you know, I never thought they were really that great. And they really stepped up and did things and really surprised me. But there were very few. I'm starting to wonder things, too. You know, there's that whole Tree of Liberty line. You should probably take that seriously. This thing can and will fall apart if we don't water it. And there's a whole lot of savages out there. I have never seen anything. I've never been so disappointed in some of the people in our country, I always understood the left didn't have an emergency break. Believe me. I, but I, I, I'm telling you this with candor and exposing my own faults. I honestly thought it was probably less than 15% of the Democrat Party that would really go full savage. After these last two and three weeks, mm -mm. 
I'm telling you right now, it's probably closer to 35, 40, maybe more. I've never seen anything. I'm not telling you we don't have our problems in the conservative or hijacked conservative movement, but I'm telling you absolutely as a matter of mathematical fact, it is nothing like the problem on the left. We are trying desperately to clean up this disgusting shred of just grotesque brutality. Some that emerged on what people claim is our side. It's not. But it is a sliver of people compared to the demon savage impulse that has just emerged openly on the left. Folks, there is no moral ambiguity about what happened. There is none. There is no rational actor that can look at A versus B and say to themselves, yes, they, these people deserve to be raped, have their breasts cut off, have their eyeballs gouged out. There's no, no rational actor would say that. But yeah, I'm concerned. And it's really hard for me to say that because I, maybe, again, my Christian faith, however many times I fail to live up to it, Maybe Father Marty, if you're listening, maybe text me some words of inspiration because I'm struggling a little bit right now. Not with content, but emotionally with this. I always wanted to believe that people had that divine inspiration in them and we can just bring it out, but maybe that's not it at all. Maybe they have very little more than a savage inspiration and it's up to us that believe in that divine power to suppress that within the others. I mean, suppress that, I don't mean with violence, I mean with, information and this information warfare out there and do our best to get through to them. Folks, there are crazies out there everywhere. Jim, cue up for me, cut one. This is probably the longest I've gone in a show without a, without a clip. I mean, we've got people pouring across the southern border right now. Bill Malugin reports on his Twitter account that last year, 269,000 migrant encounters, excuse me, last month. The single highest month in September, single highest month ever recorded. 269,000 illegals we know about. Multiple people on the terror watch list. The Daily Caller is reporting Hezbollah and Hamas know the southern border is open. We finished the year with 2.47 million encounters, the highest annual total ever. And you got people in Congress like Ilhan Omar, who are resolutely committed to stirring up some kind of holy war here in the United States, even though that holy war could be here already, coming for people precisely like them. Now do you see why I wonder if that moral arc of history line is really accurate? Here, listen to Ilhan Omar when asked a simple question. Listen to her absolutely erupt in rage and anger. She seems to have no grasp whatsoever how this whole thing just started or just pretends it didn't happen. Take a listen. I have another question. Why don't you want Israel a, a question from anyone else? ...that burned, tortured, killed their babies and children and still have them hostage. Why don't you want the Israelis to go after the terrorists that did that? How many more killings is enough for you? Is it a thousand more? Two thousand more? Three thousand more? How many more Palestinians would make you happy if they died? Do you, you, will you be fine if all of the people of Gaza were gone? Would that make you happy? Would that be the thing that makes you proud? And maybe that's the question you should ask Richie. Is he okay? How many more Palestinian lives is he comfortable with? 
because I'm not comfortable with any more. So Ilhan Omar is a terror simp, and you should call her that. That's exactly what she is. She was elected. I don't want to suppress her free speech. Matter of fact, I actually prefer she say out loud what she just said so we know exactly what we're dealing with. She's a terror simp, just like her terror simp buddy Rashida Tlaib. Lying, promoting terror simp propaganda. You see why now, you, you know, sometimes it's hard for me, guys like me, to keep faith. And I don't mean faith in the republic. We will fix the republic. It's the last best place. It's the only refuge left. That we'll fight for. Absolutely. But I'm wondering if I got it all wrong, and I think many of you are saying that too. Is there really a moral arc to history that bends in the right? Or is there just some thin crust on that volcano, some social order, some amorphous blob of social order that we've just lived this way for so long that we can't anticipate anything different? Because as Gerard Baker points out in his piece, you know, in the 16th century, 2,000 years, he notes, after Athens had been meeting and making policy and spending money and electing leaders for 2,000 years, by the way. Jim, are we that old in the United States? No, no, we're not. We're not even close. He notes after 2,000 years, the city and its residents cowered under the heel of a distant ruler, a subjugated outpost of a vast foreign empire. I mean, do we really think we're special? I did. I did. I'm starting to wonder that. We have Ilhan Omar, an elected member of Congress, who just watched a terrorist paraterror group bulldoze and fly in from the sky their way into a country. Kill, rape, and take hostages. Some of them who were Americans. She pledged an oath to the Constitution. Screaming to a reporter like an unhinged maniac about Palestinian kids who, by the way, are only dead because a terror army that was voted in in the Gaza Strip in 2006 voted in a terror group that went and decided to assassinate thousands of innocent Israelis. Notice how she starts the story in the middle, a typical leftist debating tactic. She leaves out chapter one through six to pretend the Israelis on a bloodlust are going out there killing innocent Palestinian kids. Why? Because she's a terror simp. She's trying to incite some kind of holy war here. That's a fact. It may be hard for a lot of you to hear. And the lefties listening are probably crapping in their diapers right now. But as you know, I give exactly zero Fs about any of that. I'm going to call it what it is. You're simping for terrorists. That's what you're doing. So was Rashida Tlaib by promoting a widely debunked and discredited tragic fairy tale about the Israelis blowing up a hospital and killing 500 people. The left is almost upset the Israelis didn't blow up the hospital. Why is that? You sure we're all on the right side of history, man? I don't know. I ain't so sure anymore. I'm, I'm, I'm serious, man. I'm not so sure anymore that there's some arc of moral history that leads to the right. Maybe it leads somewhere totally different. And it's only good people like you listening who are keeping a lid on this thing. 
Because those two situations have to be handled completely differently. All right, I'm not done with this. We got people in the media, too, where terrorist simping has just become a thing. Democrats openly promoting propaganda. Got a guy on MSNBC talking about the Jewish occupiers of a land they left back in 2005. I mean, there's a guy, the guy could go on the interweb and just look it up, and he, he doesn't want to. Better to promote propaganda and get people all riled up. Up next is Dinesh D'Souza talking about our new film, Police State, and the news of the day. A great day begins with a great night's sleep. I sleep on the Midnight Lux from Helix because I'm a side sleeper and I love it. You're missing out if you're not sleeping on one. Helix offers 20 unique mattresses for big, tall, short, wide, even special ones for kids. To find the perfect fit, Helix provides a 100-night in-home sleep trial. No matter your sleeping position, Helix is the answer. Memory foam, hybrid, all more responsive to the individual with enhanced cooling features to keep you from overheating. Helix is about comfort, care, and a great night's sleep. My Helix mattress is the best I've slept on. The setup was fast and easy. Don't take my word for it. GQ and Wired Magazine have named Helix their number one mattress. I ain't sleeping on anything else. Take the Helix sleep quiz yourself at helixsleep.com slash Dan. Find your perfect mattress in under two minutes. As a bonus, Helix is offering 20% off, two, zero, off all mattress orders and two free pillows for my listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash Dan. This is their best offer yet. It won't last long. Helix Sleep, H-E-L-I-X. Helixsleep.com slash Dan. Helixsleep.com slash Dan. With Helix, better sleep starts tonight. You know, this guy is just a repository of knowledge. He's always an interesting interview. And uh, the movie Police State, he's got, a, he's, got a lot, uh, he's got a lot to say about the direction of the country. And I think you're going to like it. Check this out. So it's one of my favorite guests. He's become a, a good friend. You know him. He has been advocating for liberty and freedom for a long time. Welcoming back to the show, the uh, producer on the new film, Police State, along with me and my wife, Paula, Dinesh D'Souza. Dinesh, thanks for joining us. We appreciate it. Dan, always a pleasure. Never a more apropos time to have you on with a movie titled Police State with the left's latest tragic efforts, Dinesh, to disarm all of America in light of another unimaginable tragedy. I've never really understood uh, the logic, Dinesh, behind, well, you know, if your neighbor gets in a car accident, uh, I should take away your car keys. Well, why? I didn't get in a car accident. Well, cars are dangerous. Well, they weren't for me. So my guns have never killed anyone, Dinesh. They sit there in a safe and they're defensive only. But this is in a police state and you actually address this in the film. This is one of their goals, right? A disarmed, subjugated population of subjects? This is absolutely uh, correct because, and in fact, for many years when I um, defended the Second Amendment, I thought of it mainly in terms of a home invasion or crime or a way to protect yourself. But then you go back and read the Second Amendment and you, you realize that the founders saw a different threat and they emphasize it, the threat of tyranny. And so they recognize that an armed citizen citizenry is a sort of last bastion of defense against tyranny. Uh, the left knows this, of course, as well. And this is why they are pursuing this course of action. Like you say, there's no logic to it. It's sort of like you have a guy shouting fire in a crowded theater. Okay, he's abusing his First Amendment rights. Does that mean they take away all our First Amendment rights? I mean, it's just downright absurd. And yet this yeah. is the relentless logic or illogic of the left. And I do think they are trying to take down this last barrier to a police state. 
Dinesh and I will be there tonight for the virtual premiere. It is super simple to join us. You can watch it with the entire country, the runaway hit Police State. Uh, go to policestatefilm.net. It's right there. It says virtual online. You just click on it, and we'll be doing some Q&A. So we'll, we'll talk about that in a minute as well. Dinesh, I'd love to get your take on this. You're one of the smartest guys. I've known you for a long time, even though you haven't known me. I was watching your videos when I lived in Severna Park, Maryland, 12, 15 years ago. And uh, I was always fascinated by your ability to dismantle leftist stupidity. So I'd love to get your take on this. You know, I, I was a graduate student in psychology, and the general rule is if you mention your education, you're probably a moron. So give me a pass on this. But I'm really fascinated as to the why. And I get the simple part of the leftist push for gun control. There's nothing tyrants like more than an asymmetric fight with a disarmed populace. I get it. That's simple and it's accurate. But I don't think that's the only reason. I addressed this earlier in the show. I think there's a sociological, psychological component to tyranny here where what the left understands about a relatively independent armed populace is they don't need the government for their personal security. It'd be nice to have them. It'd be good to have a cop in front of your house 24 hours a day. You wouldn't have to be worried about break-ins. But they need you dependent on them. And the idea that you're not safe in your own home or safe on the streets, it's kind of my chaos theory. You know, that the Walking Dead episode of of the of that show where they, they walk into the prison to get away from the zombies. That's the communists for me. They want you so afraid of what's on the outside that you voluntarily walk into a prison because you're so scared of what's on the outside. I think there's a psychological component to disarming you as well. It's a, they need to create a need, I guess is what I'm saying. I think that's actually very insightful because um, ultimately citizens, and, and this spirit is I think even stronger in America than partly because we're a country where people were pioneers, they went out west in covered wagons. And so there's, there's a feistiness to the American spirit that I don't even see in other countries in the world. And so it's harder to tyrannize over Americans than let's say over Europeans or people anywhere else. And I think what they have to do is break this pioneer spirit. And what's the pioneer spirit? It's really the spirit of the cowboy, right? The cowboy with a gun. And it's like, if you encircle my ranch and you bring your outlaws, you know what? I've got something at least uh, as a last line of defense. I'm gonna try to stop you myself. I'd like the sheriff to come riding into town, but if he's not here, it's gonna be me with my trusty rifle. And so the left is trying to squelch that spirit, which I think is not fully extinguished in America. That's why they are after the guns. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I'm, I'm, I'm glad you, uh, you saw some value in that because I've I'm always fascinated as to the why. I mean, it, it, it's with the left, as you know, you've studied them a lot longer than I have. It, it's never the, the intellectual ones, at least they're not they're not stupid. They may be tyrants and they may be evil, but they're not dumb. I'm not talking about the useful idiots on the street. The organizers behind this, the Pierre Omadiers and all, they know exactly what they're doing. These are smart people. Let's get to the movie, though. So I was very uh, I was very excited this morning when I woke up and I got an alert on my phone. And it uh, turns out Mother Jones, which are a bunch of left wing communists, uh, are really they're big mad, Dinesh, about our movie Police State. They're very <laughs> upset. Yeah, I, I know well, you were excited about this, too. Stephanie something, Mensimer, whatever. She was furious that not only was the movie theater packed. But Dinesh, she was big mad that at the end of the movie, people got up, sang the national anthem and said USA. She was horrified, Dinesh. Did you read the piece? 
Uh, I read the piece and I was chuckling all the way through because, I mean, it was essentially the literary equivalent of a sort of demonic seething and writhing. You know, she's like thrashing around like a demon. And I was thinking, probably I see why the movie is sort of like an exorcism. You know, it's the right. demon doesn't want to be exorcised. And it was that kind of thrashing around that the review represented. So, you know, I think this movie has tremendous intellectual and emotional power. Tonight is the first day it's going to be screened nationwide, a live event beginning 8 p.m. Eastern. So it's like round up the family, pop, bring out the popcorn and, and sign up at policestatefilm.net. Check it out, folks. Dinesh and I will also be doing some Q&A. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, you can also pre-order DVDs. The movie's been set in the country on fire. I went, Dinesh, the other day. I saw the movie in Stewart, Florida. It was playing again on Wednesday. I didn't watch it again on Wednesday, but I went to say hello to everybody online. They were honestly shocked to see me there. It was absolutely packed. There wasn't an empty seat in the house. Uh, my, my daughter went in Auburn, Alabama, also packed. The movie has far exceeded expectations. And I want to tie it to some news of the day, too, because one of the things about the police state you point out in the movie, and so do our, uh, our commenters in the movie, politicians and others, is that it, it's not, in fact, really a double standard. Uh, thank you. It's, it's, it's one standard. The left standard is, in a police state, hierarchy we're in power and you're not so you can basically kiss my ass like we'll do what we want i mean Che guevara the example i give all the time of a police state Che guevara dinesh he didn't have two standards he had one he was going to take all the wealth and put you up against la pared the wall and kill you and he really didn't care if your mom came over and said well Shay, that's kind of hypocritical you're kind of rich while you're raging against capitalism because there's not two standards just one hierarchy and they're in charge yeah. and I, I'm, I'm sorry, I just want to tie this into this news thing because you bring out in the movie January 6th is a big part of the movie and they were charged with obstructing an official proceeding and yet Jamal Bowman literally obstructed an official proceeding by pulling a, pulling a fire alarm and got essentially a parking ticket. You addressed this in the film. Absolutely. I mean, I was very struck by the way that Jamal Bowman removed the signs, pulled the alarm and I don't think it went through his mind for a minute. Uh, I'm going to be arrested, I'm going to be charged, I'm going to be put in solitary confinement, right. I'm going to spend months in prison. Similarly, when you saw all those chanting Hamas activists inside the Cannon building, you just watch them. They don't have the slightest hint of fear that the police state will no. go after them. And why is that? I think this is the reason. We have a police state under construction. It's being built. And while it's being built, it needs a constituency to fortify it. And so the, the kind of agreement here is that the left and the Democrats will, will protect against the crimes of the police state and the police state will cover for them in return. And so this is this kind of ugly bargain between the left and the police state. Now, when the police state is full-fledged, no one will be safe. In the end, as you know, Stalin killed a lot of socialists, he killed a lot of communists, but while a police state is being made, while it's under construction, it needs political allies. And right now, the Biden administration, the left, the Democratic Party, these are the sort of steadfast allies of our emerging police state. You can check it out tonight. Me and Dinesh will be there for a Q&A. It's very simple. Just go to policestatefilm.net, not .com, .net, policestatefilm.net. Show starts at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p. Pacific. It's right there at the website. You will have a blast. We're going to have a good time together. I really encourage you to join. Dinesh, last question, because you just kind of really went down a road I wanted to hit. You're right. If you are an ally or what, 
the term's overused, but it, it is accurate. The term useful idiot. The, the communists have used this term for a long time. Uh, Solzhenitsyn talks about it extensively, uh, it, it, whether, it's the, uh, whether it's his writing about the scientists and the intellectual class, how they're used. And these are the useful idiots. And I thought, you're right. Uh, there was a scene up in New York the other day. You probably saw the video going around social media where a bunch of Jewish students were barricaded inside a library by a bunch of savages outside or screaming at them like lunatics, probably ready to hurt them. And yet nothing happened. And then I thought to myself, if that were a bunch of, let's say, Trump supporters on the outside screaming at a bunch of black students, which is wrong, by the way, and throwing racial epithets, which is definitely wrong. But it really isn't that dissimilar from what happened in the discrimination there. It's both, they're both wrong. I think you and I both know, Dinesh, they'd be in jail tomorrow under an FBI investigation, probably in a gulag, correct? Absolutely. What happens with police states is that they, they have governmental power. Um, Orwell calls this the inner party. But then they also rely on a lot of thuggery on the outside, uh, thuggery in the form of think of the media intimidation uh, that we see. For example, they chase around people. The media was there, of course, when Roger Stone was arrested. They had conveniently been tipped off. Uh, you've got and the campuses, they like to surround you. They surrounded Riley Gaines and chased her down a hallway. So this kind of you may call it bullying, if you will, but it's ideological bullying is part of the way that police states intimidate people. Ultimately, the, the police state can't have its thugs everywhere. So they turn your neighbor into a thug and they turn the people down the street into a thug. And your sometimes your own children, they try to turn against you. So ultimately, the police state is a sort of war against the citizenry. It's turning the whole country, in a sense, ultimately into a prison camp. Folks, join us tonight. For the virtual premiere, the movie, I promise you, I do not. Uh, you know I don't try. I would never sell you a box of air popcorn, folks. It's not my bag of donuts, man. Neither one of us need the money or anything like that. This is all about the message. This is more of an activist project than anything. But it's worth your time. PoliceStateFilm.net, the virtual premieres tonight. There'll be a Q&A afterwards with Dinesh and I, PoliceStateFilm.net. It's a very special movie. And I'll leave you with this, Dinesh. You bring it up in the movie and you kind of open my eyes. So no one's depressed at the end of it. We're not there yet. I, I think we were full. I thought we were full police state till you said something to me in the movie. You can all watch it. I want to give it away. But you said, you know what, Dan, if we were in a police state, you and I wouldn't have been able to make this film. We're almost there. But folks, we can still fix it. That was uh, really profound, Dinesh. And yeah, you know, I'm glad well, you said that because I was getting a little depressed. It's 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 a necessary warning, this movie. And, you know, I was thinking we're going into Halloween weekend and Halloween is all about fear as a form of make believe. You know, Michael Myers is coming after me. Freddy Krueger is coming after me. This film is about real fear and really terrifying things that are happening in the country. The ordinary American doesn't know about them. What the movie does is it brings the police state kind of alive for you. Even if you and I talk about it, it's not the same thing as seeing it, feeling it, experiencing it. And that's the kind of riveting emotional power of this film. So I'm excited for people to watch it tonight. I think it's going to blow people away. You and I know after the theaters, people were crying. They were hugging each oh, other. Gosh. I mean, it generates an amazing intellectual and emotional response. Uh, I was at the theater. 45 minutes after it people were coming up to me in tears talk telling me stories about things that happened to that it's it's the reaction to it's been amazing i will see you i hope you join us folks policestatefilm.net dinesh thanks for your time i'll see you later my pleasure look forward to it up next an epic rant but let's talk about our next sponsor folks the unthinkable is happening no more surprises it's all out in the open 
Our so-called trusted institutions tell you not to worry, that everything's fine, but you know better. You won't allow yourself to be blindsided again. Join the folks investing in emergency food storage. You can trust My Patriot Supply. They're the nation's largest emergency preparedness company. Pick up their best-selling three-month emergency food kit with breakfast, lunches, and dinners that last up to 25 years. Their delicious meals offer over 2,000 calories every day. Just add water and heat and then eat. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com, get a three-month emergency food kit from My Patriot Supply for each member of your family. My Patriot Supply also sells biomass stoves, off-the-grid room heaters for power outages, gravity-powered water filters, heirloom seats, and survival gear that may come in handy soon. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and prepare for the fallout. If this stuff happens, ladies and gentlemen, be prepared. That's MyPatriotSupply.com. Don't wait. Go today, please. News break during the radio show and live on the air. The Republicans for the third time voted down Jim Jordan for speaker. Yeah, we have a speaker now, but this rant's important because it addresses the clowns who are pushing all this dysfunction. It's hard to explain. The crybaby caucus is not shrinking. It's getting worse. They... Jim Jordan, uh, the third ballot now for speaker. The third ballot just happened. Uh, Jim Jordan went down uh, again, lost a few more votes in the process. I think they're now up to 25 defectors. I got to tell you, I've been involved in politics for a long time. I have never seen anything like this. You understand the Democrats are only eight votes away, maybe seven from having Hakeem Jeffries. Look at the numbers, Jim. He, Hakeem Jeffries got 210 votes. Jim Jordan got 194. How do you think this looks to the Republican voters right now in America who voted in a GOP majority in the House that Hakeem Jeffries, election-denying, radical left-wing lunatic, is only seven votes away from the speakership while Jim Jordan is at this point a whole lot more. Looks like he's 23 votes away. Dependent on what their quorum was. This is insane. I have never seen anything like this. Now, listen, my expectations for the Republican Party are so low that it's really hard to be disappointed. What's one of the golden rules of the show? Most Republicans on Capitol Hill are really Democrats. However, no Democrats are really Republicans. So if you remember that golden rule, you'll never be disappointed. But I've got to tell you, even for me, this is unbelievable. I've never seen anything like this. Their phone lines are melting down. Who were who the... Hold on, i got to look at this. Jim just sent it to me. Third ballot. This is it. Bacon, Buchanan, Buck, Chavez, Derimer, D'Esposito... D'Esposito, is that Anthony? Didn't we have him on the show? Jim, D'Esposito is the Long Island guy, right? You got to be kidding. Is that, that, Jim, look that up. If that's the same guy, he's banned. I got that. This guy was on my show. show. I had people reaching out. Oh, you got to get this guy on the show. That better not be the same. I'm pretty sure it is. That better not be the same guy. I've never seen anything like this. Their phone lines are melting down. Millions of people are caught. What is it? It's the same guy, right, Mike? I, brother, don't call us again. Mike, Jim, take all these names down. 
when you guys are looking for re-election and you're looking for activists and volunteers and you're looking for money and cheese, don't call us. The Esposito, don't call again. Diaz, Ballard, LZ, Ferguson, Fitzpatrick, Gabarino, Jimenez, who's just a total loser. Gonzalez, Granger, WBAP, there's your lady. Kay Granger, right? There she is. She don't care. She don't care. Call my office. What do you think I do? Represent you idiots? It's your freaking title, Dipwad. What do you think? I'm going to listen to you calling me, intimidating me. No one's intimidating you, and if anybody is, they shouldn't. You represent the people. They're allowed to call you and express their, like, opinion and stuff. John James, who's just an embarrassment. John James in Michigan, just a disgrace. No one should ever give this guy a dime again. Ever. Ever. John James wants to be the senator and the governor of Michigan. Put him on your absolutely do not support list. No, no chance. Keen, Mike Kelly from Pennsylvania, who's really embarrassed himself. Kiggins, Lolota, Lawler from New York. Who Lawler, who's got the biggest complex I've ever seen in my life. Guy goes on the news, uh, let me tell you something. You better plant your big lips on my ass or I ain't voting for anyone. Uh, bro, bro, get over yourself. I don't think we should be here either, but we are. Can we pick a speaker, please? So the world doesn't burn down? Marianne Miller-Meeks, an embarrassment. Molinaro, Rutherford, Simpson, Stauber, and Womack. Esposito, the Esposito. Don't, don't, never call us again. Ever. I, I, you know what? I got to tell you, man. I, I, I did a favor for someone who reached out to me. He was a very close friend who ran into this guy or one of his buddies and was like, hey, man, I think he's like, he was a former cop or something, right? Yeah, he's one of us. Have him on the show. And folks, listen, my apologies. I, I can't, you know, what am I going to do? Hold a sit-down interview with everybody who comes on the show? This is why I don't like having politicians on the show because they always screw you. This guy's got the easiest vote in American history. Just pick a damn speaker. By the way, you know what he's holding out for from what I heard now that this comes to mind? I heard the New Yorkers are holding out because they want the salt limitation uh, dumped. This, the uh, state and local tax thing so that New York can hike its taxes ridiculously and that these people, they want to write off for it. He pulled it out, man. We get the world on fire. I don't know if you heard, but a, a U.S. destroyer in the Red Sea just took kinetic action against two cruise missiles from Yemen launched over Saudi Arabia near Israel. Did you happen to see that? Maybe we should, like, pick a speaker. Just an idea. They're sending drones, armed drones, to target our troops in Iraq. There are 14 American hostages and 32 Americans killed in a terror attack. Maybe you guys can pick. Here, get, get your diapies. Get your pull-ups on, losers. Get the wipies out. I know you had an accident. Mommy's got to come in. Clean yourselves up. Stop intimidating us. Stop intimidating us? Are you wussbags for real? I got to tell you, a guy I rarely, if ever, agree with. And I didn't like his appearance this morning. But at least, he, you know, if it's Crenshaw was on this morning, a guy who we've had enough beefs with to fill a book up. 
But even Crenshaw was like, listen, man, uh, the, the threats thing, like, get over it. And then he went on to be like, but this is out of hand. What's out of hand? But then in the end, he's like, well, I'm going to cast my vote for Jordan. If, if that guy can get over it, who holds grudges against everyone, what the hell are you guys doing? Folks, I, I got to tell you, I don't have an easy answer for you here. A lot of you, as Charles just sent me a message over here, I haven't voted for Kay Granger in over 10 years. I, listen, I can't tell, I'm not here to tell you who to vote for. Thanks, buddy. Good job. Sorry, he's leaving. But there's no easy answers to this. And I guess the overly emotional, I know I can be an emotional radio host, but I'm not an irrational one. Emotion's one thing. I still cling to reason and rationality. What am I going to tell you? Don't vote for Republicans. Go vote for Democrats. They'll destroy the country tomorrow. I don't have an easy answer for you. I understand. Some of you may send me messages. I'm done. Screw them. I'm not going to talk you out of it anymore. I don't even blame you. I, I tell you, Ahmed, I unfortunately, I've got to vote Republican. I got a congressman who's kind of squishy, too. But what's my choice? The Democrat? Life is full of terrible choices. Someone says, I'm going to kill you with a chainsaw or with a cyanide pill. I'll take the cyanide pill. Both terrible choices. But this is unbelievable. You guys cannot pick a speaker. Are you kidding me? You can't pick a speaker? You're right. The, Jim, Jim, last time I checked, like, these, these are adults, right? There's no children in Congress? Actual, like, uh, the, that's, that's a good point. Jim's like, maybe they were faking it. Maybe we should start checking birth certificates. What are you guys, like, nine? Kay Granger, for our, our audience out there. Well, what, what, what's, what's her issue? I don't understand. What, what, what's her beef? Who, what, what, please explain to me, again, using reason and your big words, why at this point, Jim Jordan, who has the most votes of anybody in the Republican caucus, why you would not vote for him? I want to vote for Kevin. Kevin's not running, morons. He literally gave a speech nominating Jim Jordan. Scalise isn't running either. He got eight. Two idiots voted for McCarthy, who nominated Jordan. Think about how stupid this is. All right, let's use an analogy here for a second. Let's use an analogy. I, I got to stand up, Jim. Jim's every second, because I, I, I can't. I'm actually, I never do the show standing up. Let's say there's like a board meeting and you got to pick a new CEO. And there's like a company deadline for a filing. And if you don't hit the company deadline for filing by Friday, you're going to get a massive SEC fine. All right. So you're all sitting around in a boardroom and you're on the board and you're getting ready to pick a new CEO. And there's only one guy who's been nominated and the guy's okay. Six people like him and two don't, but he does a decent job. And he needs, say, he needs, say, five votes, right, to get this thing done. Can you imagine four people voting for other people who aren't even in the CEO race and haven't even been vetted just to make a point? You'd be like, you guys are fired. Like, get off our board immediately. But when it's Congress, everybody goes, oh, yeah, it's just Congress. Like, we expect nothing from these people. Maybe we should start expecting more. Uh, listen, I, Jim, I don't know. Jim wants to know what point they're trying to make. That they're imbeciles? I, I don't really know. I don't really know, Jim. I, I, I can't give you an answer right now. Listen to the congressional staff members. I know you listen to the show on WMAL in D.C. I want you to listen to me right now. 
I know you hate my guts. I'm no fan of you either, although I helped a lot of you get elected, including D'Esposito, who's now totally banned. Banned forever. There's nothing you can do, by the way. You can go invade Iran by yourself and take the country over. Uh, you're, you're totally out. I'm not even interested in your story. Don't text me. Don't have your people reach out. And in Nassau County, you should find someone else to run in Long Island, an area I know well, by the way. The guy's obviously disgraced himself. But I'm going to tell you something right now. I'm looking at every day I open up the message feature on my Facebook to hear back from the audience. Because, listen, any host can take calls, but you got to wait on the line. It's easy for people to send the message. The show just started 17 minutes and 42 seconds ago. There are seriously probably 300 messages in here, people giving a big F you to the Republican Party. They are so infuriated at you morons. I, I really can't believe you're incapable of picking up what they're putting down. I, I, it's stunning to me how you can be this dumb. And I took a lot of flack for you idiots for saying this was a bad idea. I did. There were still people. That was a great idea, Dan. I'd rather not have a house. Really? I'd rather be investigating Hunter Biden right now and fighting to get some spending cuts before the 10-year treasury goes to 8%. At least we could do something. I defended what I thought, my opinion, and I'm going to defend it till the day I die, that it was a bad call. However, having said that, we're here. It's over. Lawrence Jones was on Fox and Friends the other day saying exactly this to Lawler. This congressman from New York, what's his name, Mike? Who, again, cannot get over his own ego. Well, we may be here without a speaker, but we still got to iron out what happened. We don't. It happened. McCarthy's gone. There's nothing to iron out. Are you that freaking stupid? Move on, idiots. I get it. You're pissed off. I ran for office and lost. I was really pissed off. I could have been like, right, Jim? Uh, politics, you voters didn't pick me. You all suck. You're terrible. I'm out. No, you don't suck. You had a different opinion. I'm not a good politician anyway. You made the right call. Don't vote for me. I'm better off doing what I'm doing now. But my gosh, man. Put your freaking big boy pull-up diapers on and pick a darn speaker already. How childish do you have to be to vote for McCarthy after McCarthy nominated Jordan and Jordan supported McCarthy? Who are you sticking it to? The man? Sticking it to the man, bro. You sound like Rage Against the Machine. One of my favorite bands in the 90s that used to pretend to stick it to the man who became a bunch of socialists and now are the man. That's who you sound like. Folks, I'm telling you right now in Congress, listen to me. I'm trying to help you. I tried to help you before with the Democrats and the eight that I didn't think it was a good move. Nobody listened. Now I'm trying to help the 25 idiots. You guys are burning people up. And I got to tell you, although the news cycle switches fast, this thing's going to have legs soon if you don't unscrew this thing quickly. And uh, you know the news cycle goes fast. This one may not. 
Thanks for listening to the show. You can check out my radio show on over 300 radio stations across the country. Just click on Station Finder at Bongino.com to find a radio station near you. And follow us every day at 11 a.m. Rumble.com slash Bongino. You can tune in live to the podcast. You just heard Dan Bongino.